Welcome to Brood Podcast. I'm Bryce. I'm Jen. And I'm Adonis. This is a podcast where the conversations come in as many flavors and methods as our coffees do. Yeah. Today we tried an espresso bean, actually. Yeah. Or it was already ground up for us. Adonis, Cafe Bustello. Uh, Cafe Bustello was uh, founded by a man named Gregorio, um, and he created it uh uh, out of a Latin infusion from his uh, hometown of Cuba, Havana, Cuba. And uh, yeah, he said that he created it to implement three things. Uh, his love for delicious Latin coffee, for supporting his community, and for bringing people together. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. I love it. Uh, Jim, what did you think of? Oh, it was so good. So we tried it in Bryce's little um, espresso to go. What is it called? <laughs> it's a mini espresso. Yeah. And what it is, is it's espresso to go. It's a manual chamber that you fill with hot water and the espresso mm-hmm. beans, and it creates a personal cup of espresso. It's for traveling with. Yeah, push mm-hmm. it right through. Mm-hmm. And Adonis steamed some almond milk for us. I and did. he frothed it up with the French press. I did. We got fancy this time. Yeah, we got and some manual labor for this coffee. Yeah, it was quite it was quite an experiment, but this was one of the first and few times that it actually everything worked out well. We didn't yeah. have really any problems with anything that we It was delicious. Tried, yeah. Mini cappuccino. And this was one of your you haven't used that thing super often, right? So I've only was, used it once before. Oh, look at that. So, yeah. We're getting the hang of this thing, you know. It's all Fantastic. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it too. It was nice. I, it's been a while since I've had an espresso drink. Um, I haven't had Starbucks in in a, in a few weeks, so it was nice to get some nice creamy espresso again. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and the milk, the the homemade steamed milk with the French press actually worked out pretty well. Mm-hmm. So that was good, and yeah, it was nice, nice and rich, lots of flavor. Yeah, it tasted just like I was back back home at Starbucks. Me and Bryce are pumped. Yeah, I'm I'm We're hyper. I don't have words for it. <laughs> this is gonna be a fun episode though, guys, I promise you. Uh yeah, I am not usually one to go to espressos. No. Um uh, not generally, but the more I make them, the more I try them, I I'm definitely getting more into it. I'm enjoying it. I think it's just the process, because like, you, because it was a gift from Adonis. So he got me the mini presso, and both times I've used it, I've. It's not that I've fully enjoyed the espresso, but I feel like I enjoyed it just because I made it, because mm. it was a manual machine, and I went yeah. through a whole process. It's like a bunch of different pieces, and like it is simple once you do it, but you have to figure it out first, mm. and then once you figure it out, and then you go through the process, heat it up, and then you, and you just, just air press it through. And it's it's really good. I think just all that together just makes it a fun experience. And it's super better. crazy how like espresso tastes such tastes so different from like just drip coffee. Mm-hmm. And well, really, all of the different methods for making the coffee just they all have their own unique sort of texture and flavors that they bring out. And it's just crazy that you're putting the exact same thing. All it is is the ground bean and hot water, but everything comes out so differently. It's just it's kind of mind-blowing in a way because that like that that espresso tasted so different from the brewed coffee that we had earlier today and it wasn't just because the beans were different but it was it was because of the way that it was made so it's just you know 
It was like it was like drinking a different drink like that. It didn't taste like yeah. I was drinking like drip coffee. Coffee is like an art. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. I like I like learning about all these. I I thought that there was only like the regular coffee machine, mm-hmm. French press, pour over, and that's about it. That's yeah. all I knew. Mm-hmm. And even me like working with espresso machines like big ones yeah. and like learning about lattes and all these different things mm-hmm. i still there's still so much and even yeah. with like culture and stuff and i had seen that logo that cuban coffee a lot and mm-hmm. so i just wanted to try it when i looked it up on youtube there's a whole nother mach- like little machine they use yeah. over the stove that's called what'd you say again uh, mocha pot mocha pot so it's crazy. A, it's it is cool because like you said it's an art form so it's just like so much goes into that so you know you can say what you want about these coffee shops charging like five dollars for you know a 16 ounce coffee but a lot goes into it and if you're not willing to put the time in at home of course you're gonna have to pay for the convenience of getting it out somewhere else so like I, I just it the more that we look into this the more that I'm starting to appreciate coffee making and all of its different forms as sort of an art form and not just a way to get coffee you know it's a lot of thought goes into these processes so it's just really cool to start to explore and start to see yeah it's a lot of fun yeah and very hyper active <laughs> <laughs> i can feel it coursing through me right now yeah. definitely that, i will say that is one thing and i mean that's what espresso shots i'm pretty sure are designed for i mean they're mm. meant to go straight to your system and just get you going and uh, it worked. That's probably why I never really did them before, because I am sensitive to caffeine. So, mm-hmm. like, I mean, obviously, within like seconds, I'm, yeah, like, like legitimately, Adonis saw the change in me from like one second to the next. I mean, you literally <laughs> use like a tiny spoon of the the gra- the grounds, and mm-hmm. then when we we're, we're making the drip, like you're using way more beans. Yeah, that's fair. But it's just more concentrated, right? Because you're getting yeah. less liquid yeah. out, but more. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's absolutely insane. Um, I had something. I had a question. Oh, wow. now my brain is—it's firing <laughs> rapid fire. Up, yeah. We were trying not to do that to ourselves. We were trying not to, and we failed. So, okay, well, let's talk about that. <laughs> so, uh, Jen and I—the last time we came in to record, Jen and I tripped hard <laughs> on the caffeine, the amount of caffeine we had, the lack of food. We had a bunch of caffeine before we ate. And then we ate, but it was too late. <laughs> You're welcome for the rhyme. And <laughs> then uh, it just kind of all went downhill from there because we went from super hyper to... It's because we're not, like, even using our energy. We're just mm. sitting here. So it, like, is just, like, stuck inside of us. And then, like, I remember Bryce and I looked at each other and we just started laughing. Yeah, we were. Just <laughs> sitting over there like... <laughs> like, what's what going on? So we came up with a game plan this time. Yeah, we tried. We tried out. to come up with a game plan for this time. I was like, okay, we're going to only taste the coffee. We're not going to have full cups of it. Or for for the rest of us, for, yeah. for me and Jen specifically. <laughs> we're going to make sure we eat a full meal before we start drinking coffee. And drink water. And drink lots of water. And we, we did kind of do that. I mean, I bought... A whole, I bought a whole bunch of food, and I mm. ate quite yeah, a bit of it, did. and uh, it worked for a while. But mm. that espresso shot, man, that just that went straight to my heart, <laughs> my brain, and my blood, and I am tripping. Oh, okay. Jen, how are you feeling? I'm fine. I'm happy. 
That's yeah, good. that's the, that's that's, the one. that's where you want to be. Yeah. When I get a headache, when I start crashing, that's when everything goes wrong. I'm a princess. <laughs> I'm delicate. <laughs> I I'm very sensitive to this, so it's uh it's an experience. That's yeah. for sure. And when I just sit here, I'm I'm already kind of an actum person, actum active active yeah person. So when I'm at work, it's okay. I have somewhere to put the energy. But when I sit here, I mean, I can feel my words coming out extremely quickly so. hey man as we, as we <laughs> go through this coffee journey i'm sure we will all figure out our limits and hopefully we can come up with a way to balance them out so that you know mm-hmm. we're not always jumping off the wall but uh for now we'll just roll with it <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting that's yeah. for sure uh so speaking of being jittery what uh is your guys's first experience with coffee and i bring that up because i know jen Wanted to talk about it and brought it up to us at one point. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I I honestly can't really remember, but I, I know that as a kid, I literally hated the, the smell of coffee. Oh, wow. Um, or actually, you know. no, more, <laughs> more like the, the taste of coffee. The smell was fine. And uh, my mom, she's always been someone that's like really sensitive to it, so she would always have decaf. Gotcha. But my dad would like bring it to her every day from like McDonald's or Circle K or something because he would stop like really early in the morning to go get some. And then I don't even know, dude, like I think when I started co- college, um, I was in a program. So I started college like in 10th grade, I think. And um, like just one class. You were okay? taking college. Yeah, the dual yeah, enrollment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, like I went to college. Oh, at wow. college. Okay. So you took classes, oh, kind of like Evit, sort like sort of like the Evit. I've heard. Um, I don't know if you know what the Evit would, program. Yeah, is. I know what that is. Yeah. I would go like on Saturday mornings. And, oh, oh um, okay. I think I I had to wait for my dad a lot, so I would go into the, like the coffee shops and stuff. Mm. And um, and at first I just wanted to drink tea and stuff, but then I got into like the lattes and got you. fancy sugary drinks, and yeah. And the, like, little frappes from McDonald's. That's what I can remember as being, like, my first <laughs> coffee drinks. It's kind of like the BoJack scenario. It's like, when, when was your first drink? And then yeah, it just keeps going keep back going further. Back. It keeps on remembering <laughs> other instances. I mean, sort of like that, but it wasn't liquor for me. It was definitely coffee. My grandpa used to drink coffee on a daily basis. And me and my brothers and sister would always have this thing where we would ask him, can I have it when you drink it down? And that was our thing. And he would get to, like almost the bottom of it, and the first person who would ask him would get to have the rest of it. So it was like a that's, very that's a game. Yeah, it, it was, was like a very yeah, small amount of coffee. But I remember that from you know he passed away when I was seven. So like it would have it would it would have had to have been like when I was five or six. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. So my first experience with coffee was at a very young age. Um, but lots of you know it was. Uh, again a very small amount and it was probably like tons of cream and sugar in it because he was definitely the type of person who liked his coffee with lots of cream and lots of sugar so um that's my first really recollection of it uh so yeah i've been pretty much drinking it my whole life i wasn't ever really super into coffee like i didn't care about what kind of roast or whatever it was i just knew i loved it so like all through high school i would just drink you know the the basic roast like i had a coffee maker at home 
and I would make my Folgers with a bunch, with, mm-hmm. a, t- with a ton of cream and sugar in it again, mm-hmm. um, just because that's what I thought it was, and I needed it to sort of get through the day. Um, so, I mean, my addiction developed at a very young age. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I've been drinking it my whole life. I've But this, this new development of, you know, actually learning about the roast and actually, you know, understanding the different flavors and taste and things like that, that's a very recent development. Because uh, up until very recently, it was just coffee is coffee, and I just needed it. I didn't care where it was from. I just needed it in my life. I think if I had been introduced to coffee way earlier, my junior high and high school experience would have been entirely different mm. because I slept through all of it. Mm. <laughs> um, but my first experience with it was, I was probably 16, uh, and... Um, it was with a Starbucks that was right next to my job and I would just go there all the time and on weekends specifically, except when I would work and I would just go get white chocolate mocha. I think is the first thing I probably try. I probably tried the Frappuccinos first, just sugary, like drinks, like just their, that stuff. And then, um, and then I started trying like coffee stuff, like white chocolate Mm. mochas and, um, during the holidays, I'd get their eggnog, mm. anything eggnog. I would try each thing eggnog related because I'm a huge eggnog fan, like mm. huge. <laughs> when I, yeah, so that's a whole different conversation. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I would say 16 is probably the first time. I think we just, I don't know if we didn't have it in the house. It just was always something that was like beer or liquor. It's just like something that Taboo, adults, yeah. well, not like taboo but oh. something that the adult like our parents drink but gotcha. something we wouldn't okay. drink i don't ever there i don't remember there being any rules yeah i think my for parents it. i think it's just something we knew extends your growth yeah so you would be that might have been something that was yeah i don't know if there's any validity to that but i think yeah, caffeine I in general has always just been like a don't have too much of it otherwise yeah you know, and don't let your kids happen. have it yeah, kind of a yeah. thing but i don't yeah i just don't remember there being any official rules it was just something that you know the parents drink it kids don't mm. and that was just kind of what I remember about it, but yeah, it's probably 16. That's probably my first coffee. Isn't that crazy to you guys who I mean, <laughs> yeah. drank yeah. it since you were kids? <laughs> <laughs> That's blowing. If you guys see yeah, Jen's Jen face, like it's like blowing her mind. mind. <laughs> um, no, I yeah, I I definitely can't imagine my life without coffee. It was never like a super important thing to me growing up, but it was just always something that was there. Yeah, and it was like something I didn't even think twice about. We just always had coffee in my house Mm -hmm. my mom used to drink it every day i drank it pretty much every day and it was just the thing that was that existed in that i just had you know it was like sort of like you don't you don't think twice about those kinds of things you know if they're readily available to you something's weird though and this has nothing to do with anything that we're talking about we didn't have a microwave growing up like i didn't have everything we every time we reheated something it was in the oven so like i grew up without a microwave so like a lot of the time big oven like yeah, a real a oven. Normal? Like I just so a lot of the times I'll reheat my food now in the oven, and I, every time I do it, someone's like, "Why don't you just put it in the microwave?" I'm just like, "I don't know. I mean, it tastes better like in the oven because it feels like it's actually heating it up and not like you know, I don't know." But not it was just like, like I yeah. didn't grow up with that, and it wasn't like we. I don't know. I, I didn't grow up like super poor or anything, but it was just not an appliance that we had in my household. So it's funny you mentioned that because when I there was a year when I was in an apartment and with a bunch of roommates, and it didn't come with a microwave. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and it's not like it didn't. I don't think it was an outdated apartment. It just didn't have a microwave. Yeah. And we could have bought one. You know, they're not expensive now. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. you can go and buy one. But uh, I just we just never did. And yeah. I was just started warming things up on the stove. And then, mm. you know, our roommates asked, well, "Why don't we get a microwave?" I was like, "Well, there's not a lot of kitchen space, and it's not a lot of counter space, and." Yeah. You know, it's probably better for you to warm up on the stove. I'm pretty sure I probably back then I probably advocated to just just warm it up on the stove yeah. or in the oven because it's better for you, like it's healthier yeah. for you, yeah. or what. I probably I'm sure I did that. And then, uh, but yeah, so it was just funny because that was a conversation that happened a few times. I was like, well, <laughs> there's a couple of things from my childhood that I that I've told people and they think it's weird. Like growing up, we weren't allowed to like brushing your teeth. You had to spit it in the toilet. You couldn't spit it in the sink. That was a thing. I've never for heard us. of that. Yeah, That's and like crazy. so. In the bathroom sink, you couldn't. Spit no, it like you, we weren't allowed to spit. Our, <laughs> like our when we were brushing our teeth, we stood over the toilet to do it, not over the. Was sink. there ever a why oh. for that? It's just I don't know. I think because it was like a sanitary thing. I think because I think my mom or maybe my granddad used to like wash their faces like by filling up the sink with water and like you know throwing oh. water on their face. Oh. So they like so, I had to like train myself to to be able to do that. Because it's like this is so inconvenient to do it. <laughs> like I'm just gonna do it in front of the sink. So that's something I had to teach myself. Like I, we, I remember growing up, we had since there was five kids in my household growing up, and let's say uh, cereal for example, like breakfast cereal, we were only allowed to have one box open. Yeah, at time. that was a thing. So if we had like yeah. a bunch of, we had a variety of different cereals. Like the you first person the to one wake to up in through. the morning <laughs> would get to pick what box we got to open, uh, and then we couldn't open the other ones until that box. Was yeah, gone. And that, that was, was a thing. everything. That was with like drinks that was with like potato yep. chips anything like you could only my mom would freaking lose her shit if we <laughs> like she came downstairs or into the kitchen and there was multiple bags of potato <laughs> chips open she's like no you finish that bag and then you can open because it. it'll go stale yeah. it'll <laughs> go bad right? yeah. it's like with five kids it's like nothing in my house went stale so <laughs> it was never a threat of that but it was just like a, a rule um that's funny yeah but interesting. <laughs> i had that same roll of cereal <laughs> Just things, and again, I obviously don't follow that rule anymore. Um, and this is another weird thing. I'm just going to bring this up. Like, <laughs> have you guys ever, like, since you become adults, like, had to remind yourself that you're an adult? Yes, yep. all the time. Like, I'll be shopping. <laughs> Let's go back to the breakfast cereal scenario where it's like, man, I want fruits, but I want Reese's Puffs. Damn, which one do I want? And I'm like, Adonis, you're 30. You can have both. Like, <laughs> no one is stopping you from getting both. Aren't those the craziest <laughs> moments? Because you have yeah. them. It's not just once. Like, it yeah. happens multiple yeah. times. It's like, yeah. I just want, I just, I have to choose one of I'll these. Tell, yeah. I'll tell my sister, I'll tell Andrew, I'm like, we can do whatever we yeah, want. Exactly. We're adults. Like, at so first, you think it's a financial like, reason, yeah. but then it's like, that doesn't make any <laughs> sense. <laughs> Yeah, it's just crazy. And I'm, I still do that, and I'm again, I'm 30 years old, so it's yeah, just very it is. Yeah. It's so weird how things like that linger. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, you guys, <laughs> and sometimes it's funny because with the kids, so there's a five and a three year old at the house I'm staying at, my friends' kids, and I put cereal for them like every morning. Yeah, and um, there's always like two cereals that we have in boxes or bags or whatever, mm-hmm. and I'll pour one. Well, if we're running out of one, mm-hmm. I don't just stop using that just because it doesn't fill up a bowl for sure. them. Yeah. I pour some of that and then mix it with yeah. another one. Yeah. Or I'll mix it just for funsies because they're kids. <laughs> yeah. I mix but the, cereal all the time. Yeah, the first time I did that for them, they like their minds were blown. Their they were their eyes got so wide. They're like. 
this you you can do this like Bryce <laughs> Bryce what are you doing Bryce like what's I'm what's pretty what? sure this is against the rules I'm pretty sure this is <laughs> <laughs> and then they like hesitantly took over his spot and it was the cutest thing but it blew them and now they ask like Bryce what do we have to what, what can we mix up I'm like I got you <laughs> that's awesome it was oh, so great I love those moments <laughs> um yeah this might be a great time to jump into our conversation since it's sort of related to this you guys wanna Grab some coffee and, and come back. Let's do it. So today I wanted to talk about rules. Not rolls with butter, but rules. R-U-L-E-S. R-U-L-E-S. P-E-C-T? Is that how that, is that, how that goes? I don't think that's how that goes. <laughs> uh, so this topic kind of came about because... Uh, the other night, I was chatting with Adonis and Jen. Well, Adonis, I think Jen was asleep by that point. Anyway, moot point. So, uh, I was talking about how like I was like in this mood. I wanted to write or do something. And then he was like, oh, you just get it on paper. Like, do yeah, it. Yeah. And then I immediately came back with, well, then I'll be up all night. Is it going to ruin my sleep? And the context behind that is my sleep had been ruined for a full week already, <laughs> first of all. Second of all... Um, I just as soon as I started saying it, I could I knew it was an excuse. Yeah. Like I give myself all the time, especially when it comes to writing. And there's several other things that I I do that with. So I want to start off with: Are there any excuses that you guys make for yourselves uh, for oh, yeah. things that stop you from doing something you want to do? All the time for me, mine are more they're they're like they're excuses, but they're. Like I use the word like reason to interchange yeah, excuses yeah, it's like, too. It's like I'll, I'll think about starting a new you know routine or something, and I'm like, you know what? I'm I'll, I'll wait till Monday to do it, or I'm gonna wait till the first of the month. You know, I feel like it's, this is something I'll do after the summer is over, and I'm always like pushing it off, and I'm like, oh, this is be a perfect time to do it. But I'm just like, no. If I really wanted to do this thing, I would just do it. Like it wouldn't matter if it was a Wednesday night or a you know January first. It mm-hmm. shouldn't matter. Like it should just be. If you want to do something, do it. Like, there shouldn't be a, an excuse for you, you know. But, I, I mean, I tell myself that all the time. But I always – that's my, like, go-to. That's my go-to. Like, oh, I need to, you know, I need to have, like, one last hurrah or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to stay up super late anymore. But, you know, I don't want to start that right away. So I'll do it at the end of the week, you know. So it's it's always a time restraint that I that I put on it. And, I, and then I end up, obviously, not following through on it. But – yeah, it's, it's hard to develop habits, you know, because you're just used to something, especially for us. We're older. So it's like we've been do- if we've been doing something a certain way our whole life, it's really hard to just change that at the drop mm-hmm. of a dime. And I've, I've, I've read and I've heard that you're supposed to, you know, it's better to wean yourself onto a new sort of uh, system or routine rather than just going at it full turkey or cold turkey. So I don't know. Maybe I need to try that. But, yeah, I definitely am someone who makes excuses for myself. How about you, Jen? Um, I think, I mean, I think like that too, like yeah. Adonis, but I think I just, I, I don't really see like what would be the end result and would I even care enough, I guess. Mm. So I guess I don't really see like a reason to change. Well, sometimes I, I get motivated to be a better, like, yeah. person in any aspect mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, like, I want to read more. Like, there's things I want to do, and then I just don't do them, so I don't know. 
Yeah. It's just not a whole lot of like thought process. Just something you think about doing, but then you just you just don't. Yeah. Is it something like you feel like you need like? Well, this could be for both of you guys. Like, do you feel like consequences you need to present yourself with, or like rewards? Like, what do you think is a motivator? Like, like Jen, you said you wanted to read more. Like, is there anything you can think of to be like if I can read, I don't know, four or five books this month or this year like i'll reward myself with this or if i don't do it then yeah i've just kind of gone with the flow all the time yeah um i i think like as someone who's kind of like broken out of a lot of routines or things that were normal in my life Mm -hmm. i'm kind of like restarting my goals you know okay. what i mean like sure. i'm at that I, i'm at that beginning stage all over again yeah yeah for me the reward system definitely does not work for me mm. uh just because you know i the reward is something you really want or want to get and yeah. like if i really want it i'll get it like i don't <laughs> you need there's wait. no in yeah, between yeah, yeah, like yeah. the reward system works for like the work the workforce or a parent to child or um or goals for if you're a coach for something mm-hmm. like it works for differences, but on myself, it doesn't work for gotcha. me to myself. Yeah. Um, but like for the excuses thing, um, I'm just going to keep using the writing example because it pretty much sums up anything I would use excuses for. But I, for, um, it's a time management thing. So like I will always say, Oh, well, if, you know, it's going to take me this much time just to get into, just to start writing and then to do this. And for me, I'm always in a situation or I feel like I'm always in a situation or a roommate or uh, in a home where there's a lot going on. And like, there's always cleaning that needs to happen. Or there's other things that to me are built in responsibilities and priorities. Mm. So like, I always have to do something and there's always cleaning Then I'm always going to be cleaning. Mm. Like just in the last week, me and my friend legitimately like there's six of us in the house and two of them are kids mm. so we legitimately did not stop doing dishes i think for like four days <laughs> and we eventually like just pulled out all the paper and plastic stuff yeah and used that for a full day to help okay. us catch up on washing yeah. and putting things away because um that's what i'm saying yeah because we we like to have the kitchen clean we like ends. to have that stuff clean because yeah. if it's not clean then it stresses us out yeah but then it stresses us out to get it clean, and then it doesn't stop being clean. And for me, personally, if I'm living um, with other roommates, if I'm living on my own, I've kind of broken that, mm-hmm. like the cleanliness portion. Like it's a very specific topic, but to, I kind of broke that, and I don't completely get that way. But my friend whose house it is, she's like that, and so I'm here to help out and make sure that that happens. And it's it's just crazy. So there's always other responsibilities that are around me that yeah. I prioritize first. That's how I feel. It's interesting because like stuff like that though that never stops. Like you're for the rest of your life unless you become a millionaire and can hire a maid or something, you're always gonna have to. I know. You're always gonna have to do laundry. So like those like the best you can do with that is to get down to a routine and get into a system, you know that that makes it easier or at least bearable. I remember I was watching something and I think it was Justin Bieber, but I could be wrong. So sorry to Justin if this wasn't you. (laughs) But they were saying I think he was saying that he he's never like had to do laundry because he doesn't rewear anything like he says he doesn't rewear <laughs> underwear like he doesn't have to do it because he, so he just buys new like if he, he wears it once and then he 
I don't know if he throws it away, if he donates it or whatever. Yeah, there's some people that do but that. But he just yeah. doesn't. He's he's that rich though. It's like, why am I going to do laundry if I need a a clean white shirt? Time is I'm money. I'm going to open a new yeah. white shirt. Like you know, like I don't need yeah. to. That's so wasteful. And the other part of the excuse is, um, like, what is what is that time worth? It's like, what I yeah. could I be doing with that time? That's better. Yeah. And I'm not thinking to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it's funny you mentioned that because uh, like I, it's not like I'm going to do something extremely yeah. productive. I don't replace it with that. And that's not even my goal. Uh-huh. But yeah. I will choose to watch a TV show yeah. instead of doing that. Not because um, not because it's like one more, more productive than the other. But yeah. with a TV show, at least in the end, at, at first I thought it was because it's more entertaining. There's yeah. more story. I enjoy it more. But actually, I f- really love the writing process, but it sure. takes me hours. Like, once I'm in it, like, mm-hmm. that's all I want to do. I don't mm-hmm. want to stop and go clean a dish. Like, mm-hmm. and it, when I live by myself, I don't. Like, I get into myself and I do what I'm going to do. Um, but so I'll choose a show because when I watch that show and finish it, I know for a fact that this is a show my friends love mm. and it's something I got into. And now I have a conversation topic. Mm. Whereas if I'm just writing, I've never talked about my writing with people like i do sometimes i'll sometimes i'll bring it up but most that's not something i'm not going to write and then go have a huge conversation about it like it doesn't mean anything why not though i don't know i just never felt like it does i just have never i I guarantee you like i'm not trying to attack you but like i feel like if you were to come up to me and we're like hey i have this this stuff i'm like hell yeah we could set down a we could set a time once a week if you want to and we can go over like writing stuff i'd love to have you know, like a writing club or whatever, where we share our work once a month or once a week or something. Like, I feel like, and I feel like we both know people who would be super into that. Like, even if it was like a, a short story type thing, you know? I don't like think a- you know. My mind is literally being blown <laughs> right now. Cause like my whole life, I just never, like, I love my writing. Yeah. Like, when I write, I love the process. I love the product that comes out of it. I love, uh, I don't even, I don't think I've ever tweaked anything. I just mm. love writing it. And then I re- I go back and reread my stuff all the time. Yeah. Just because I, I, I knew the effort and I still have images in my mind. I write based off of images that come up. And yeah. so I just try and paint the picture. And, but I've never just considered it to be like a topic worth talking about. I love listening yeah. to people talk about what they write about. But for some reason, well, I well, never. Yeah, be true? I just, I don't know. I just never <laughs> felt. Like it would be, mm. I don't know, but so that's always that's always been a big excuse, um, and that's something else I was gonna say about that too. But I mean, that's pretty much the gist of that. Like, yeah, because I feel like a lot of the time, a lot of us will make the excuse, "I don't have time to do X, Y, Z." Yeah. But then if you think about it, like you were just saying, like, what else am I doing mm-hmm. with this time? Like, quarantine is a perfect example. We're just getting off of this quarantine, and it's like I have wasted so much time. But then you want to think about it, you're like, "Well, you didn't. I didn't really waste the time because I was doing things that I wanted to do." But then at the same time, you're like, "Well, I could have done so much more." But you only realize that after, after it's gone. Yep. You know, it's like. I and I've how many times in my life have I said I don't have time to do that or uh, even if it is as something as as simple as washing a dish or doing laundry you're just like I don't really have time to do that what do you yes you mm-hmm. do like you have all the time in the world it takes ten minutes to wash uh, a wash and dry and put away a dish take the ten minutes like Jesus yep. but it's just an excuse that we always make for ourselves and it's just like what am I doing with all of this time 
quote unquote that I that I'm saving by not, you know, starting a load of laundry on time or doing a dish or making it to work on time. Like, you know, it's just like what is so important that I'm that I can't do these things. It always like growing up, my mom was a huge advocate of like the house needed to always be clean. Mm -hmm. It needs not it it wasn't for her. Like she does like a clean spot. Like she she enjoys Mm -hmm. a clean atmosphere. But it was for presentation. Mm-hmm. It was as if she didn't want it to look like people lived there. Like if a friend was coming over or something, <laughs> like it needed to be clean. Yeah. And I I always followed the rules because I, I was a huge rule follower. And yeah. I I just, you know, it was my mom. So I, you know, I was clean. I sure. kind of just obeyed everything. I didn't really question things then. And uh, But now, like being an adult, having been a roommate and having lived on my own a little bit, um, I now understand that that's just such a waste of time to like 24 <laughs> 7 be deep cleaning I love it's just cleaning. so cleaning can be therapeutic hate, if you get pleasure out of it I then yeah, i get stinky and i hate <laughs> others not cleaning after themselves yeah. but if you could spend that time to if you didn't have roommates are you telling me that you would spend all that time like cleaning all the time like if no, you let's I say you left a dish clean. let's say you <laughs> Woke up one morning, mm. uh-huh. you cooked a big breakfast, you used three different pots, you uh, used a plate and fork or whatever, uh-huh. and you put all that in the sink, and then you had lunch and you did some more cooking, and then you stocked uh-huh. up the sink. But at dinner time, maybe you were uh, watching, maybe this is your one day to relax, and so now okay. you're watching uh, you know, your commentary videos or whatever you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> your mukbangs. Like... <laughs> Well, yeah. that's not even a good example either because you love doing things while listening to commentary. This is true. Yeah. I, I actually don't, don't have a good if it's YouTube, scenario for you. attention to the visuals. Yeah, I guess I, I don't have a good scenario it. for you. And that's an ingrained thing for me. No, like, my mom I never. My mom said, like, she couldn't cook in, like, a messy kitchen. So before she would ever cook dinner, the kitchen would have to be spotless before she even started. And yeah, I. That's have, so like, that's true for me. I have a variation of that in my head. Think yeah. when it's dirty. Yeah. My room should be clean it can't really because i live with someone else yeah. and you know i guess what i'm actually trying to say is um when you are full of a house like that because okay i know i have it now i have it guys break it down my brain's finally uh it's focusing <laughs> it's everyone uh so i lived in an apartment three bedroom with five well four roommates there's five of us in there sure always be dirty dishes all the time I there's some day I'd work all the time too. So some days I just wanted to come home. I didn't want to clean everyone's dishes yeah. like I typically did, and I just wanted to play games. Sure. So I would choose to play games instead. And then tomorrow the dishes were still there. And they didn't go anywhere. And then I would just clean them the next day. Mm. That was that was the time when I learned that I don't have to always be doing something. And I. I, the amount of stress that went away for really? me yeah. because I love things clean too. Like when I cook, I need to have things. Mm-hmm. I, I, I clean first if it's mm-hmm. not clean already yeah. and then I cook. Uh, but just in that situation, I learned a lot and I saved a lot of stress for myself because I got to just, I didn't come home from work and then clean the whole kitchen and then wake up to a messy kitchen again. I just let it stock overnight. Cause if I was going to have to clean two times in a row, mm-hmm. I might as well just do a bunch of it in the morning. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of how it is for me. But that's also, fair. you know, yeah. you live, I live with kids and to me, it's kind of like the house is going to be messy. Yeah. It's never going to stop. Yeah. <laughs> well, so like my least, mom yeah. was the type to like, if we had a birthday party or something, she would stay up to like 3am cleaning the backyard that's what my brothers and, and did. throwing out the trash and everything. Yeah. Uh-uh, yeah. not me. I like, I would have parties at my apartment and it could stay there two days. 
<laughs> <laughs> like all the glasses and stuff. That's because two days go by really fast, and I have to work and sleep. Yeah, yeah. When you have, when yeah. you actually, when you actually don't have the time to do it, <laughs> it's different than just letting it sit there yeah. just because. You know, I can't do that personally. Like. I, I get it bothers me it irks me like I feel like it's more stressful Bryce you said it's, it's it, you it, you felt less stressed when you didn't feel the need to clean all the time for me like if I see a mess and I I have to actively not clean it and if I don't clean it then I'm going to be more stressed so me cleaning up after myself is is a stress free task when I'm when I have a oh, sink I clean full up of after dishes, myself I'm talking yeah. about like it's just everyone's yeah. mess if I have like if the, if I walk into the kitchen and it's gross and it's dirty and and I need to clean it like I the the level of accomplishment that I feel after getting a completely mm. clean kitchen is probably not actually worthy of what it actually is like there's i don't need an award or i don't need to feel accomplished <laughs> by like wiping down the counters but i do like i yeah. get that sense of nice this is clean and i like it this way i know it's not going to say this way for longer than two hours but whatever like yeah. i did it so I, w- I, w- I think that if i could actually like i know routines it's a sort of a double-edged sword because you don't want to get too into a routine but you also like routines can be healthy if i could come up with a routine for myself where i was doing specific things uh like on a daily basis or even on a weekly basis i don't know i just feel like my life would have so much more order and i would have so much more time again to do other things rather than having to worry yeah. about I agree. the basics. The beginning it makes sense. Yeah. I yeah. just feel like sometimes when I have too many things planned, mm-hmm. I don't really like it. Maybe See, that's not yeah. like my brain doesn't really work like that. Yeah. Like I want to kind of have a general idea of what I would like to get done yeah. and pick what I'm in the mood for in that moment. And yeah. maybe that's not very productive. Like I won't get my maximum amount of things done in the amount of time that yeah. I want them done. But something. I mean, yeah, I just. So that kind of leads into my next question. Uh, and earlier I mentioned about built in mm-hmm. rules and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what is do you have a set do you have a list of things or a couple things, or maybe it's just one thing that you make sure it gets done every day? Is there is there a daily thing that you, like if you did that one thing, no matter what else gets done that day, you are accomplished for that day and it feels good and you, you're happy? I always aim to sleep for eight hours hmm. or more. Sometimes that doesn't happen, but it's okay. So just waking up is enough. Um, and I, that, that, sounded, that, that, sounded, that sounded really dark and sarcastic. <laughs> what I meant was, uh, so <laughs> during your waking hours, when you're awake, oh. obviously it's healthy. Get sleep, guys. Sure, sure. I sure. love sleep. <laughs> um, when I'm awake, what I try to get done, I mean, I like showering every day. I shower at least twice. <laughs> I I don't, think my, Adonis, listen, I, you're talking to the wrong person. Okay, right, let's start with the Donuts. Let's goals. start with the Donuts. Well, so I, like we know, obviously we do this podcast, and I do another podcast that I record every Sunday night. So I don't have, I don't think I have any uh, something that I do every day. But me uh, rec- editing the podcast that I record and releasing on on Monday because we record Sunday nights. Usually don't have time to edit it that night, so I usually wake up Mondays are my early early days. So I wake up early on Monday get the podcast edited and get it up on our, uh, you know, our, our web pages or whatever. And there's always like a sense of accomplishment, but not even just accomplishment. There's a sense of relief. It's like, okay, I followed through on this for this week. 
I'm covered until next week, you know. So I, that's uh, that's something that I do on a weekly basis. As far as a daily basis, though, no. And I wish that I did. Like I, mm-hmm. Bryce and I had a conversation a few weeks ago about like routines and learning, like using this time that we had to learn a new skill or trade mm-hmm. or, or something or or a language or whatever. Just learning something new and dedicating serious time to it. And I like I broke it down. I was like, I, f- I think if I start at this time and I and I, you know, do it for X amount of hours a day, I can have, you know, this many hours in a year. And then if I do that many hours a year, I can have this many in 10 years and then blah, 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 blah. So like that. And that excited me when I was talking about it and conceptualizing it. But putting it into practice, the is math totally is always fun story yeah. because I've done the same thing hundreds and hundreds of times. But putting yeah. it into practice is a whole different, yeah. whole different thing. I uh, wish I could, man. I set alarms for myself. I, I made a schedule. Mm-hmm. I downloaded some some scheduling apps. I got everything mm-hmm. put into place. I was like, I'm going to read for this amount of time every day, blah, 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 blah. And then I just keep putting it off. That's my, that is my kryptonite. I just need to start these things. Like, I think, what is it? It takes like 40 days or something. To, uh, I thought it's like 21, I 21. 20, unless there's oh, new yeah. studies. To, like, but the last I checked, it was 21 days, routine, like three so weeks, basically. Like, that does, And that doesn't seem hard. You know, three weeks? It's funny, though. Be, do that? <laughs> it's funny, though, because it's kind of a different subject. I'll, but I'll circle back around. But basically, the 21 days, the routine thing. Yeah. I can do something for three weeks, no problem. Mm. But then afterwards, it's like, oh, I accomplished my three weeks. Uh, it's just built into me now. Or I'll start something else because I did something. Well, since I did that for three weeks, yeah. now I can start something else and add it to my routine. But all I do is replace it. Or I don't do anything else. Or I subtract a million things. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, I'm back to square one. Square one? Square zero? Square square one? Square square one? one. Yeah. Okay. Wow, my brain's tripping good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, so that's a weird phenomena for me that I haven't figured out yet. And then... Um, but the things I try and make sure I get done every day is if I exercise every day, mm. uh, like put in whether it's five minutes or an hour or two hours. Like right now I have a program. It's just three days a week. And that's like those are my long sessions. Yeah. But on the days I don't, my program doesn't take effect, I do some sort of stretching or something. Mm. Um, and so as long as I do that and um, – you know, right now, like I don't really have much else. That's pretty much it right now. But at the beginning of our quarantine and whenever I am on my own, like by myself, uh, like living on my own or anything, I have, I come up, I create habits like nothing. Like I do everything I think I would do living on my own. And like I, my first test, my first time being on my own was like three years ago Mm. uh, or four. Yeah. About three years ago in 2018. It was like the summer of 2018. I was in Washington and, um, and I had bought my ambulance and I parked on my buddy's business lot and I I wrote so much mm. and I worked out. I kept true to program. I normally don't keep true to programs. I just work out to work out, but I stuck to programs. I worked out almost every day and did my mm. stretches like I needed to do. I um, I went for walks. Mm. I had a certain breakfast I would have. Like I have routines I love to follow when I'm on my own, but when I'm with other people, it's all gone because I base my life around the responsibility because I'm usually in someone else's house. I'm not in my house. So to me, the rules of the house of who owns it applies. I'm in their house under their roof. So it always takes precedent priority. So I kind of get all funky for that. But yeah, yeah, at the beginning of COVID or beginning of quarantine, I was doing uh, in the mornings. I was actually waking up probably around six or seven. Um, 
I would cook breakfast. I would make coffee uh, for me and my friend, and then uh, I'd get the kids breakfast, uh, which is still that's still something I do. Uh, I get the kids breakfast because they wake up pretty early, and then uh, and then I would. Oh, then I, that was when we were having our calls every other day. Mm. So I'd get, then I'd get on the phone with you guys. So it'd be right after breakfast, and we'd talk for a few hours. That was like a routine for me. Too. Yeah, that was yeah, part of our routine. Definitely, we would call each other like three or four times a week and yeah. just talk for an hour, like three or four hours a day. Uh-huh. Like we'd have to stop ourselves because the whole day would just go yeah. around two or three, around two o'clock, one one to two. Mm-hmm. Our conversations would stop. Yeah, and then I would get in my hammock because the weather was still decent, and then I would study Ukrainian, study language, and then I would help cook dinner. Uh, or get the kids calmed down so my friends could cook dinner or whatever we were doing. And then I would put on a show or read a book. And it was like, I loved that routine. And I was trying to figure out why that broke and what happened. And I, it got hot. I couldn't be in my hammock anymore. And being in the hammock, I had associated being in the hammock with learning Ukrainian and, and doing certain things and relaxing. I could also just sit in there for an hour and yeah. disappear. And it would be, there was like meditation for an hour and it was beautiful. Now I don't have that. Now mm-hmm. I've associated those things and that's gone because it's way too hot outside. So it's crazy how you can associate something and then something, that makes and then your routine breaks. Yeah. How, that's a good point. But that's like, that, that for me, that brings up a bigger question. Like how, how important is being comfortable in creating and doing a routine? Because like, for example, I, when I when I was working before uh, COVID hit, um, and I work at a movie theater, and I would often close. I would close the building, and I remember like the process of getting the cash at the end of the night and counting everything up and doing all the paperwork was it was relaxing for me because I was very good at it, not to toot my own horn or anything. But I some of my coworkers or you know would have trouble with every time they would have to close. They didn't do it that often and they would often sort of get flustered because they weren't as practiced at it. And so they dreaded the end of the mm-hmm. night coming up because they they knew it was gonna take them much longer than they were expecting to or much longer time than it was allotted. So like that that was a routine for them that I'm probably that that they probably didn't enjoy or didn't like to do but me since i was comfortable with doing that on a daily basis like it was actually something that i looked forward to so and like bryce with you like when you were working out and it was a nice when it was nice weather outside mm-hmm. it was nice because it was comfortable but now you know yeah now, arizona yeah. heat throw, throws a wrench into i still that. work out outside but yeah. it's something i have to tough the you know I, but yeah it's it's crazy but um it's like diets like people who go on these diets it's uncomfortable yeah. to cut out so much of the food that you love to eat so it's harder to do yep. if you're if you're not used to cleaning and you start you have or to start cleaning it's it not comfortable it could even be harder if you're like hanging out with a lot of people mm. and they eat different or they want to get something fast they're not yeah. gonna cook with you you know what yeah. i mean yeah. so yeah being comfortable is really important yeah. i think yeah i completely agree or i think like, association is very important in creating a habit mm. so when you are comfortable with something you associate it with good feelings mm-hmm. and so you're going to do it again because it feels mm-hmm. good yeah whereas the people who didn't like to count you know they've automatically associated it with something bad mm-hmm. so they're not going to get better not because they don't want to but because they've already associated it with a bad feeling That's so true. now they're only focused on the dread mm-hmm. and so the association of negative of negativity just keeps creating more negative synapses in your brain and you keep just going on with that and you have to force yourself to break out of that yeah and i've like i've had 
many times where I've done that and just like, you know, the more you focus on the positive of it, the more you break out of it. But yeah, it's like, you know, another example being comfortable makes it easier. Yeah. When I was living in New York, when I first was learning the subway system every night coming home from work, it was, you know, nerve wracking. Like I was like, Oh my God, please don't let me miss my stop. Please don't let me get on the wrong train. A couple, a couple weeks in when I had that, when I had it, when I had down to like a science and a system, those were some of my most relaxing moments was the train ride uh-huh. home at the end of the night. And it was because I was now comfortable with the, the train system. So I knew exactly what to do. I didn't have to worry about missing my stop because it was almost like automatic for me. So I got to enjoy those late night rides, rides home. So whenever I travel, um, whether in country, out of country, that's my huge thing too. Yeah. I get, and it's like, how do I set up a system? Like, yeah. how do I get from A to B? And even if I figure out how to get to A to B, how do I, you know, purchase the tickets. Like, how do I talk about it? Yeah. Um, you know, if they don't speak the language, luckily yeah. I've traveled to countries where English is just it's basically a single language or yeah. they know it well enough, but it's, it's still, it's still nerve wracking. But then once you figure it out, then you can just relax. Exactly. So I definitely understand that. That's I've never nuts. thought about it that way though. Like just cause I ever, yeah, if you're comfortable with something, you're going to be, it's going to be easier for you to follow it into the routine. I guess mm-hmm. it's, that's what breaking a habit is. It's being uncomfortable. Even if it's something as like drastic as like drug use, obviously it's much easier for you to just give in to the drug, you know, mm-hmm. but it's uncomfortable to stop. So I've heard the saying, um, well, of course I can't come up with the saying right now, but there's a saying that basically says, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm. And it's, it's really, I think it's huge in a lot of different worlds, but I first heard it in the fitness world because it's, um, you don't ever want to keep doing the same programs over and over, like maybe later on or for certain things you do want to do that, but there's a lot to do with change. So you want to adapt. Um, and then, and then you want to change your routine and try something new. And it's always going to be uncomfortable because your body is changing the muscles it's using. It's changing your mentality on how you're going to use certain pieces of your body. So, but that can apply to when you're learning Mm -hmm. or when you have to talk to someone about a a tough subject, like you, if you're already comfortable with that feeling of being uncomfortable, no matter what it is that's about to make you feel uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. you've surpassed that feeling before. Cause that feeling is the same feeling in whatever subject or category or anything in your life that you're trying to overcome or do. Mm -hmm. So if you've already learned how to be comfortable being uncomfortable, then now it's a good feeling. It's still tough and it's hard, but you've seen the other side of being uncomfortable. You've lived inside of uncomfortability. Hmm. So there's that's been a huge saying and a huge thing, a yeah. huge part of my life has been that saying. Yeah, for sure. It's a good, uh, good advice for sure. All right, so we're going to go ahead and uh, get another cup of coffee here and we'll come back with Brewer's Choice. All right, time to dive into Brewer's Choice. Adonis, what do you got for us? Yeah, so for me, I am going to recommend, uh, it's a podcast, actually. It's called Up First. It's an NPR podcast. It's about 15 minutes, and they release it daily, every single day. So it's something that I try to listen to whenever I can. Um, It just catches me up on what's going on around the world on a daily basis without me having to sort of scour the internet. Um, So, yeah, it's Up First, NPR. Uh, You can find it on their website or on Spotify. Nice. Great way to start your day. 
How about you, Jen? I'm going to recommend um, one of my favorite YouTubers. Her name is Kaylin Nicholson. And she has a lot of videos about, um, like, getting your stuff together, um, you know, routine, stuff like that. Um, they're really nice. And then she has a second channel called Coz, which is spelled K-O-Z-E. And she does, like, coffee talks like us, but she talks about um, specific things. Pronounced cozy, maybe? I think it's Coz. C-O-Z-E. K-O-Z-E. Coz, okay. Um, I realized it sounded snarky when I said that. That was actually a serious question. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Um, it's like things like how to love yourself, how to enjoy being alone. It's just talks. Like that If you like cool. that kind of stuff, sure. I, yeah. I love well, If you're listening, listening to us, I imagine you would like something yeah. like ISO. <laughs> Definitely true. give that a try. Yeah. Uh, I actually couldn't uh, get my brain focused enough to think of like something to recommend as far as like a podcast or, like in a media form or anything or a book or anything so sure. instead i have uh something i'd like to re- recommend you try if you're having a trouble coming up with a routine or um or even if you don't have trouble with it but you want to try something different um something i've been doing that's been helping out is i used to give myself too many rules where I would say I have to do something from seven to eight and this has to be done 10 to 11 and things like that. I've tried that and it doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. What I have tried is I have a list of items that make me feel accomplished for the day. As long as I do this one thing or three things on these days, then I feel accomplished this day, Mm -hmm. uh, no matter what else I get done. So uh, try making a list for yourself and it doesn't matter what time of day you get it done. Just make sure, you know, it happens. If you spend your first half of your day just chilling or you're, you know, you get busy doing something else or whatever, but then 3 p.m. rolls around and you still have the item to do, try and do it. Whether you feel stressed, whether you feel like there's no time left in the day, just do it. Like, just make sure any time of the day, just get it done and see how you feel after a while, after a week, a couple weeks. Yeah. Something I started doing and it helped me a lot. I love lists. I dig it. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us for today. Thanks for listening in. Uh, Adonis, where can they write into? Yeah, so you can send all those emails with recommendations, with notes, with any kind of feedback. You can send those emails into broodconvos at gmail.com. That's B-R-E-W-E-D-C-O-N-V-O-S at gmail.com. You can also check out our Facebook and Instagram at Brood podcast you can also check out our twitter at brood convos and be sure to write in with any um methods you have for creating routines also we're always open to new perspectives obviously we're each trying to create new routines and try to find that way that works for Mm -hmm. us uh which i also think is an ever-changing thing too i think you know as you get older your brain changes and so we're always open to trying new methods for sure Thanks for listening to today. I'm Bryce. I'm Jen. And I'm Adonis. Thank you. Uh, bye. bye. As you begin to develop and expand your skills and your talents and your vision of yourself, you will always be in control of your destiny. Brood Podcast is recorded in Chandler, Arizona. Our producers are Bryce Gonzalez, Jennifer Montez, and Adonis Ship. Our intro music is easy, produced by CJ Beats.
Our outro music is Destiny, produced by James Berkeley. Our social media managers are Bryce Gonzalez and Jennifer Montez. Our editor is Adonis Schimpf.